0: Welcome to Well Played Podcast, the show on all things playful and joyous in education. I'm your host, Michael Matera, sixth grade teacher, author, speaker, and co-founder of EMC2 Learning, the greatest community of educators around. Let's dive into today's episode. I am super excited to bring on a uh, guest on the show, pr- practically co-host because she has been on the show quite some time. So for those of you <laughs> that have been a long time, well-played members... Just welcome. Let's welcome Stephanie Crawford to our community again. Welcome. Yay.
1: <laughs> Yay! That's like such a nice welcome. Thank you.
0: <laughs> you bet. You bet. Uh, so for those of you that are just catching this podcast for the first time, Stephanie is an amazing human being who has done seemingly it all in education from being teacher to instructional coach. To were were you also a tech integrator? Did you have both titles?
1: It was we didn't have the specific title, but that is what we did. Yes,
0: <laughs> nice uh, to then working for a service center, right? To now mm-hmm. working for IdeaCon. Is that
1: Idea Illinois Idea. Digital Sorry. Educators Alliance? Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so, holy cow, that is quite quite a list. As well as part owner to a board game store, which is going to be. Super relevant for today's episode.
1: <laughs> yes, I am super excited to be here for all of those things education and games.
0: Yeah, so yeah, let's. I'm, I'm, I'm super excited. So we are talking a little bit about games we're enjoying now. Stephanie and I like batted around ideas of making it like a focus to just your classroom, to maybe just things you want to play with friends, to maybe specific categories like uh you know like party games or you know quick filler games or big games or whatever and we decided just to be what are we enjoying now past present like in terms of old games new games who knows stephanie has created a few she has a list i have a list we did not compare lists so we're curious if there's any (laughs) crossover in this list probably not i'm gonna guess not but maybe
1: Michael and I are very different types of gamers in general, but we do enjoy still playing games together. See,
0: Stephanie enjoys. She is able to win. I just and I'm able to play.
1: <laughs> oh, that is so unfair.
0: <laughs> Stephanie! You do. You beat me usually when we play unless I don't teach you all the rules. Like that's, <laughs> that's my only new
1: strategy. Yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> all right. So let's let's dive in. Uh, Who wants to go first? What's like the first game that's going to be? I'm going to give it to you. You're the guest.
1: I knew you were going to do that.
0: Did you? You knew that? Yes. face. Yes.
1: I was going to say, you're going to tell me that I'm the guest, so I will go.
0: (laughs) Wow. Uh, Guess you were right. See? She wins, people. She wins. (laughs) Dang.
1: All right. So I am going to talk first about a party game, which I feel like, Michael, party games are generally not topping your list of favorite games although you are good at them and enjoy playing them mm-hmm. however oh, this oh. one is this one is relatively new within the last couple months and we are loving it it is called on a scale of one to t rex and it Ooh. is essentially like a upgraded charades and so honestly this is great for big groups of people so family gatherings or Um, when you're with friends, coworkers. But you could totally use this in the classroom, too. You could put your own topic cards down. So essentially there are three cards that you would lay down. Maybe one is that the floor is lava. Maybe one is eating grilled cheese. Maybe one is a T-Rex. And every player has an intensity card that tells them the intensity that they're supposed to be for this thing that they're doing. So if the floor is lava and my intensity card says one, I am going to have to act out that intensity. So maybe I just kind of put my toe on the ground and I'm like, ouch, but someone else might have a card that's a 10 and they're up on a chair screaming and you're trying to find out
0: is it always who acting? has your same
1: intensity. So it's miming essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Figuring out. So I love it. You are. Yeah. And you, you go and try to match with the person who is a similar intensity, but they could be like a T-Rex at a one and they don't have to be doing the same thing. You just have to match your intensity level to them. So you get points. If you correctly identify the intensity within, I think it is like one or two.
0: All right. So first game, a party game from one to T-Rex
1: on a scale of of one to (laughs) T-Rex
0: on a scale from one to T-Rex. I love it. Uh, I don't, know if i really put any party games i do i have sort of one party game sort of
1: i am shocked Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) i can't can't wait to hear what it is
0: i wasn't going to list this one first but now i kind of feel like should i move it up to my my number one slot here to to yeah now
1: i want to compare party games yeah
0: all right this one (laughs) i believe was in last year's sort of christmas holiday pickup video i believe But I absolutely love it. And I do bring it and play it with some students. Uh, It is called We're Doomed.
1: Oh, okay. Totally agree with you.
0: Ooh. Ooh. (laughs) Yes. It's super fun. So Stephanie knows about it. There are, I think, five governments. I think that's true. And then there's two copies of each. So you can play up to ten players. Um, Don't get thrown off by the fact that there are these governments. It basically... Everybody has the choice of the same three or four actions. I don't remember, maybe five actions. Oh, yeah, it'd be five actions because each government gets one of those actions to be able to be done a little better. So super simple. You're going to like take some resources, contribute some resources, whatever, steal some resources. Like These are like the kind of options. Super simple. You have the card in front of you, what you can do. And ultimately, I think it's super fun. It is this idea that there's something going to, bad happened to earth and all the governments of the world have come together to build this rocket ship, to get us off planet earth and, and give some of the brightest minds and best people into that ship. However, this is crazy, crazy to me, Stephanie. It is, (laughs) we, you, you know that, uh, you're contributing resources to this thing. And if it doesn't get, I think 40 resources is the bare minimum. If by the end of the game, we're not at 40 in there, the rocket ship doesn't even work. We all lose. All right. So we got to work together. However, I think every 10 over 40, if that makes sense, gets you in an, another seat. So f- the first 40, if we got to 42 resources in there, we have a ship with one seat on it. You know, it might be 50. I don't know. Whatever. Buy the game. Figure it out. But, uh, <laughs> Then you have one seat. So now it starts to be like, okay, cool. We're working together to build the rocket ship. But then there's these influence tokens that you also can take. And if the most influential is the order in which they're going to get on the ship. But you can't do it all. Like Either I'm taking influence, but then that means I didn't take resources, which means I can't contribute resources, which might get me in trouble and it just produces this tenseness around the table and then there's this ginormous deck like it's bigger than a deck of cards it's like probably like maybe two decks so i'm going to say like a hundred some cards uh, that just offer some zany twists and this is a real-time game it should take i think 15 minutes is what the timer is so again really won't take more than that or we could say 20 with you know cleanup or whatever you want to say or setup so But these zany cards are so cool. If they're solid black, it's for you privately. And you kind of read it and it sort of says, if anybody does X, whatever X is. And it can be somewhat social, right? It's a party game. So it could be like, if anybody grabs their cell phone, you know, show this card and you get to take all their influence. So you're like, you're playing the game, you're contributing resources, you're doing what you're supposed to do. And you're looking like, is anybody touching their cell phone? Is anybody touching their cell phone? Uh, And then there's ones that are group ones which are always, I I would say, I don't think there is a positive one. They're always like negative, you know, it's like robots decide that they realize you're using them and enslaving them. So remove 10 resources as they wrecked part of the rocket. And you're like, no. And it's real time. Like we just (laughs) lost three minutes as we played this round and now lost 10 resources. Good Lord. I want to get on this ship. Uh, so super fun dynamic, super fun game.
1: Well, and the fact that no, nothing says that you have to help the others escape. So you you may be playing with someone who their sole intention is to get themselves off the earth, but they don't care whether you make it or not. <laughs> um, and I one of the things I really enjoy about it is as those cards are drawn, Michael, that some of them, as you eliminate other players, um, they then can sometimes take vengeance on you because there are yes. cards that let someone back in the game.
0: And <laughs> oh God. It's, it's so good.
1: It's really, nice.
0: <laughs> it's so good. It's easy. It's fun. Uh, everyone that I've introduced to this game to had that moment. And I love this moment in board gaming when people are like, ah, so we're going to, we're just going to load this up again. Like we're, we're not done. I got to like, "Whoo, I want back in. Uh, I love that. And that's one of the nice things about party games too. the ones that I think are shorter. Like I'd actually would rather play that one twice than some party games for 40 minutes. Now some party games are great at 40 minutes, but man, I, that, that one just hits it right for me. I love it.
1: I'm with you. I think. I think actually um, the best party games generally are 15 to 20 minutes. They don't really go over that.
0: I agree. So, all right, that was my first. Now, how do we do this on the second round? Do I go first? And then you, do we just yeah, keep trading Yeah, oh, yeah you go first. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. I'm nervous. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about this. Uh, all right. So, Word Doomed is the first one. And your first one was on a scale of one to T-Rex. My next one is a smaller game fits in kind of i don't know if it would fit in your pocket it'd fit in your like jacket pocket not your pants pocket
1: um especially women's pockets um because they tend to be very tiny compared to
0: fair enough so (laughs) maybe sweat pant pockets
1: okay fair
0: (laughs) Uh, this one (laughs) there are two versions of it i prefer the first one but the second one is also good also maybe even recommend if your family loves it pick up both is welcome to the dungeon yes oh oh oh. i will give
1: my approval on that
0: one too (laughs) dang we are getting like master seal of approval stephanie is the only one that has done one that i haven't played so i can't really say it sounds fun i like the acting out on yours so i'm gonna have to give that one a try welcome to the dungeon is a push your luck game uh super cool for how small it is they give you i want to say five characters in the base game might be four uh And the characters aren't you, the players. They're just kind of like you you play with one. So let's say we were to play with the barbarian. You kind of lay the barbarian and then his equipment out on the table. And each equipment are these nice thick cardboard tiles. And they kind of explain what that particular power-up does. So, you know, one might be that he can take extra hit points. One might be all odd numbers don't hurt him. All right. And what happens every round or every... Time. It's your turn. You draw, you can draw a card. Well, you can say, I'm going to go in the dungeon. That's an option. You can draw a card. And when you draw a card, you can either add it to the dungeon. So you'll know that the dungeon has this seven card and that's how much damage it does. And it'll have like a character, right? It'll be a dragon or something like that. Or you can lay it off to the side, doesn't go into the dungeon. If you lay it off to the side, you get to take a piece of equipment. That equipment is not yours. It's not like you're going to use it in the dungeon. All you did was remove it from the general pool that's out there. And so whoever decides on their turn to go in the dungeon, they're using the barbarian as is. Like whatever the power-ups, they're still there. And then you take that deck and you somebody else flips over one card at a time. And you have to be able to survive all the cards. If you do, you get a win, I, th- you get to win like that round, and I think you're playing to two or three wins, I can't remember. So, then we would kind of reset, and you could try a different, you don't have to use the Barbarian. If you like that character, and it just all makes sense to you, play again, reload with the Barbarian, shuffle all the cards, and do it again. It's a wonderful push-your-luck game, where you're kind of like, should I go? If I don't go, then Myla's next to me, she's going to go. But if I put a card in, maybe I can get my to lose. Like, I don't know, but you only know some of the information. It's super fun. I get it. It tickles me. I love it. Yeah, that
1: one is a fun one. I hadn't thought about that when we were making our list, but I do. I like that one a lot.
0: All right. Now it is yours.
1: Okay. So I am going to go with one. I didn't write down either because I'm going to go kind of on your, it's small and it's easy to carry with you. So this one isn't so small. You could put it in your pocket, but it would easily fit in, like, a bag that you carry with you. Um, if you are traveling, it can go easily into your suitcase. Okay. And it is really for all ages. Five up. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, mm-hmm. and it only takes five minutes to play. It's absolutely one of my most favorites when, um, especially when you're talking about people who feel like they're not game people. This is a great way to get them playing and laughing. And then, like, oh okay, well, that was actually fun.
0: I'm curious. Michael's like, what is it? I am like super (laughs) curious. I am sitting at the edge of my seat like, what is it? I want to know.
1: It is Rhino Hero. (gasps) Rhino Hero.
0: (laughs) I agree. I so agree.
1: (laughs) Rhino Hero is a Haba game. So generally, we think of kids games when we think of Haba games. And this one really is. You would look at the cover and you would think, this is made for kids and it says it's for five and up. But it is honestly for everyone. I have yet to play with someone who has walked away saying that was that was not fun. Uh, so you, it's a combination of Uno and Jenga, essentially. And you have five cards that you start with. And the cards all have either just um, a marking for where you would build the walls on them. The walls are just like these cardboard folded pieces that you stack on them wherever the line indicates on your card, which will essentially be the roof of the building as you build your apartment tower. Um, The cards could also have symbols just like Uno cards have where it skips a player, reverses the order, lets you play a second card, those type of things. Or they could have a rhino symbol and the rhino symbol would um, let you put, place your rhino there. And then the next, you would place your roof. It have the rhino symbol. The next person has to lay their walls on there um, put their roof on and then move the rhino from them from where it was to that new rhino symbol.
0: <laughs> it's so fun. I mean, like that's why I'm s I'm just sitting here smiling at Stephanie. It is uh like you said, kind of one part Jenga, another part I don't know, House of Cards. I mean it's well- just
1: And because you're either trying to, the reason I say Uno is because you're starting with five cards and you win by either getting rid of all your cards in your hand or by not knocking the tower down. Let's be honest, (laughs) though,
0: 95% of the time it's somebody knocked down that thing.
1: Oh, I I don't think I've ever played. Maybe 100%. Someone actually going out. Yeah, I've never had someone actually go out in the game versus knock the tower down. So it's just, it's a great game. I mean, even for littles who are learning dexterity, you know, and fine motor skills, it's great for them. But we also have used it, and we might have talked about this on a previous Well Played episode, but we've even used it. Um, we're like an honorary stop. Our board game store is an honorary stop on a um, JC's uh, Deck the Bars is what they call it around the holiday season. We are the only non-bar stop, and, and a lot of years we bring out a some type of party game, and they have to complete something to get their stamp from us. And they've been maybe drinking for a little bit at this point. And Rhino Hero is always so fun. We say like you have to build a certain amount of stories within ten minutes or something. Um it is very difficult for them to get to it <laughs> sometimes. Um but there's always a lot of laughter and that ends up being a oh yes, we need that game for ourselves. So I can I can say all ages it's a good one.
0: It is so good. Definitely pick this up. I hope people are just like Writing these down, because uh, that that is a solid solid choice as well. Uh, while it sounds and looks super kid kid game, it's it could be a bar game. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, it goes everywhere, <laughs> and we do we we do take it with us um, into restaurants sometimes if we know that that's it'll be a good spot for it, or um, to hotels when we're traveling. So it does go with us.
0: It is now your. Th- third pick.
1: Oh, I forgot that I have to go first.
0: You do. Back to back. (laughs) Back to back. Enjoy. I
1: am going to pick one that is, again, it's a relatively new game. I think maybe five months or so that it's been out. But it is part of the Dixit universe. So if you're not familiar with Dixit, it uses storytelling mechanics and these beautiful cards. (laughs) Uh, And the game is called Stella. Stella.
0: Fantastic. (laughs) You go, girl. Keep going.
1: (laughs) So um, what I really like about Stella is that um, it's not a storytelling game so much as it is. You are trying to figure out how other people would view the cards that you're seeing as well. And you're actually trying to get get into their heads the same way. You want to find, you want to be in agreement with them. So there might be a word that's flipped up that says brilliant. And everybody, every player sees the word brilliant. You're looking at all of the pictures that are laid out in front of you, and you are trying to mark which cards other people would also see the word brilliant in. Like maybe it's a sun in that picture. Maybe it's sparkling gems. Um, maybe it's a really vibrant color and that to you means brilliant and you think other people would get that too. So you, everyone secretly marks which cards they think are which and you do reveal in um, just a circular fashion. You know, one player goes and the next. Uh, and if you get matches with people, then you get points. <laughs> if you don't get a match, then you are knocked out for the rest of that round. You can't score any more points. Um, it is pretty quick to learn. I know when I'm talking, it probably sounds like it's a little more complicated. It's, it's truly not, but it's just, the pictures are glorious. First of all, I really enjoy that. And it's so fun figuring out how other people are going to relate to those words, really trying to look at another perspective of that.
0: I really love that. And anybody that has kind of been with me for a while knows i do love the entire dixit universe dixit universe has a bajillion of these sort of abstracty but gorgeous artwork uh but what i like about stella is this shift where we're kind of all involved at all moments like it just i don't know it runs a little smoother for me than dixit yeah but the cool thing i actually you agree on that? That it runs smoother?
1: I agree on that. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs>
0: no, I was going to say the cool thing is if you have any of the Dixit universe, you can mix and match. Like, there is nothing that you need the Stella cards for Stella. Like, you could use all your Dixit cards. In fact, right behind me, I know we're doing this on podcast, but uh, I have Mysterium. They use the same. I was
1: going to say that. Yeah. Same
0: Dixit cards. So, again, you can kind of really just get a great. Ton of futility out of all those crazy abstract cards
1: well and the fact that Stella has um, uh, it's somewhat of a betting mechanic in it too right that you have to decide how many cards you think you can make that match on with that word um, and if you have said more than other people you're actually really putting yourself out there you could win big but if you don't make it <laughs> you could also lose big so I love that that it it brings in that mechanic as well um, to help really diversify the, the people that are playing.
0: Well, Dixit was or not Dixit. Sorry. Stella was a fantastic third choice for you going over our list. Stephanie's is on a scale of one to T-Rex and Rhino hero. And then the latest is Stella. All of these, if somebody picked up just those three, I got to say that would be a great holiday if somebody wants to do that. Mine was Welcome to the Dungeon, and We're Doomed. And now, ooh. ooh, Ooh. I absolutely (laughs) love this one. Uh, This one's called My City. It is a, I know, look at Stephanie's like, ooh, ooh.
1: (laughs) I'm intrigued. Tell me more. I haven't played that.
0: So My City is a fantastic legacy game with a bit of an asterisk there now those of you that don't know what a legacy game is they became sort of popular or new to the scene probably about four or five years ago and a legacy game is you're actually going to like change the game physically so uh you can kind of only play through it once but every legacy game you're not playing the board game like one night a legacy means you're going to play it 10 15 20 30 times and at the end of the 30 you have adjusted this thing all that you're going to ever adjust it uh which if you know all my board games i don't think i've played any of them 30 times so i know some people like worry about like <laughs> well i mean that seems like such a waste you play it once and you're like no, you're gonna play it 30 times Uh, And I said there's an asterisk here because my city has two sides of the board. Uh, Everybody gets a personal board and one side is the legacy side in which you're going to be placing things on and forever changing the board. The other side is what they call the eternal side and you can play the game kind of a modest in-between of what will end up happening. So in a legacy game, the other thing that's kind of cool is the game grows or change. And in this one, my City is, it's a patomino game, so kind of like Tetris pieces, and you're figuring out how to like lay them on your board, and the board's kind of, I think, this fun little theme, but in the end, it is just, you're doing Tetris, sort of, but there's these forests, and then there's these individual trees kind of on your board, there's a river that runs down the middle, and you can't cover the river, because you're laying buildings, technically, and you get points for every tree that you leave exposed. So you kind of want to try to build around these trees. And then there are these individual like rocks. You get like negative points if you build over those. So you're constantly trying to like tinker with it. That's the base. But then what happens is each time you play it, you open up this little envelope and change one little slight rule. Tiny, tiny, like, like it's not (laughs) hard to pick this up. Base game, super easy. You, You could be playing the base game, I think in seven minutes and then, you play it, and a game takes anywhere from 15 to 20 minutes to play. And then all of a sudden, you kind of open up that envelope, and something changes. You're like, ooh, in the new season, this this problem's happening. And now you get more points for this, less points for that. You Maybe you have to tape something on your board, and now there's another obstruction or benefit if you do something. And that will forever be there, right? So then the third game, you're dealing with that obstruction or benefit, and now they add another rule like, ooh, and you're like, ooh. Oh, and it's just so crazy. It's so juicy. I cannot begin to tell you how juicy it is where like they had this. I mean, it's like sometimes like a sentence. You're like, what are they going to do in a sentence? You're like, they did that. That's what they did. They did. Oh, my gosh. They did that. And
1: it changed the game in unbelievable ways.
0: Unbelievable ways. So it is a great one. Pick it up. I think to finish the whole game, I want to say it's 28 or 30 plays and each play being 15 to 20 minutes it plays up to four players there's enough stuff in the game like if you really are nervous about this like paying all this money it is super fun as a two-player game three-player game or four-player game uh what i did actually is played it with one person and so we're only using two of the four boards so if i wanted to i could play the entire legacy again with somebody else uh yeah,
1: I like that. That was a smart idea. I'm saying, you know, you know
0: what I'm, <laughs> I'm so saying. proud of you. Thank you. So, whew. so I had "Welcome to the Dungeon," "We're Doomed," "My City." Stephanie had on a scale of one to T-Rex, Rhino Hero," and "Stella." And now it's my 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 time. Uh, we're running yeah, out of right? time, so yes. these these next two okay. have to be quick. Okay, Here, here's we mine. Got this. Here's my, this one is if you wanted a little something meatier. So all the ones we've done up to this point were sort of short. That legacy one was kind of long if you tie it all together. But this next one is probably somewhere between an hour and an hour and a half. Uh, Rajas of the Ganges. Absolutely. Ooh, yeah. Absolutely love it. It's a dice game, dice placement game. Kind of roll them, and then um, one of my favorite game mechanics, if I was to nerd out for a second, are worker placement. This is where the board has all sorts of actions you can take, and you take one of your workers and you say, "I'm going to send them to the forest and like get some get some wood," and you know, "I'm going to send this other guy over here to the town hall and get some like money or whatever," and then you you use all those resources to do things in the game. Rajas of the Ganges does that with dice. So, your dice are your workers, you kind of roll them, and there's spots on the board that are good if you play low numbers. There's spots on the board if you play high numbers. There's things that kind of adjust the die numbers a little bit, so you're not like all luck dependent. Uh, absolutely love it, and it has a wildly unique scoring. There is this sort of influence track and money track. And so, most games I think that I've played, there's just a point track, and it's like most points wins. This the game's over, like the influence track goes kind of left to right, if you will. And the money track goes right to left. So eventually these are going to meet in the middle. And whenever they cross over each other, that's when the game's over. And if you're the only one that crossed over your influence and your money, then you win. If you and somebody else did, it's who like crossed over the most, uh, wins. And I just, I love it. I love the game. Everybody I teach it to likes it and I've played it with non-gamers and gamers alike. As long as one of you kind of know it, it's easy, easy to teach, easy to walk anybody through. Anybody can kind of ask you questions. There's not a whole lot that's like confusing. All right, Stephanie, your last one.
1: Okay. I just need to add to you on that one. You taught Dan and I how to play that for those of you who are new. Dan is my husband. Um, and I did not win at that game, but I still really enjoyed it. (laughs) In fact, that had not really been on our radar and we, um, ordered some in after coming up and playing. Yeah. So I love that game too.
0: It's a good one. And
1: I'm typically not one that enjoys playing for an hour and a half or so. Although you tell me I'm wrong that you think I really do, but
0: (laughs) I think you do. I think you do. Uh,
1: so I'm going to, I'm torn between my last one.
0: Ooh. I was torn, too. I had then, another one written down, but we don't have time for it. Sorry, guests.
1: I know. I'm torn between one that Michael actually introduced me to um, and then was at a gaming convention the following year. He kick-started it. And then I am torn between another one. I think I'm going to go with the other one since Michael didn't introduce me to it.
0: <laughs> I want to so know the other gonna one go.
1: Okay. Well, I'm just going to tell you. The other one is Rome. Check it out. It's fantastic. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But the one I'm going to go with is Architects. And I'm going to go with Architects because it has something that really can appeal to people who enjoy heavier games. But you can bring in new gamers, too, people who maybe really only want to sit for 30 minutes. And you all have some kind of good experience that you get out of it. So it's made by the same people who make Seven Wonders. This came out only about a year ago, I think. It literally takes 30 minutes to teach and to play. I've timed it. I actually have played with people who say, like, oh, it takes me forever to learn a game. I'm not always comfortable with it. And I I actually did sit down with multiple people. They were in the group, and we got through in a half an hour, five minutes to teach, 25 to play. Um, It can be two to seven players. Everybody starts off with um, their own wonder that they're going to try to build. Um, There are two sides to it. So it starts off on the side that tells you how you can actually flip it over. In order to do that, you and this is where I think it's it's great, because you can just go with strictly drawing a card and then seeing what comes up, or you can have a strategy. So there are decks to your left, decks to your right, a deck in the middle. You can take a card from any of those places on your turn. You just draw from the left, right, or the middle. Based on what you have, you're going to be collecting resources or science tokens. Maybe you're going to be starting more Everything is laid out there on the cards, and then that's where you can develop your strategy from if you want your strategy. One of our sons, his strategy is not to build his wonder at all. It is just to start war as many times as he can (laughs) and gather all the points from starting war. Um, And he has actually been effective at that, but not always. So I try to build my wonder as fast as I can whenever I have to play with him because I know that will be my key to stopping him. Um, But again, it's just one of those that, We've played it with every player range two, three, four, five, six, and seven, and they're, it's enjoyable at all of those. So it's highly, it's high on my list. If you want an experience that seems like a heavier game, but it's only going to take you thirty minutes,
0: I like it. It's a great suggestion, and it kind of your story about your son leads us into today's sort of reflection time. Uh, this one comes from Reiner Knizia, who, for those of you that don't know, this guy's a prolific board game designer who has made over, I think, 600 board games at this point. Uh, many of them renowned. Uh, so he has this great quote and I like it and picture your son here. Uh, when playing a game, the goal is to win, but it is the goal that is important, not the winning.
1: I like that. Is this one you're going to ask me to go ahead and tell you? What Let, I me tell I you <laughs> Let me tell you my thoughts first.
0: Let me tell you my thoughts. I love this, right? As somebody that loves to play board games, I actually couldn't agree with that quote more. Uh, I, I really, truly don't win board games all that often. I would say in my regular board game group. I don't know. I mean, I might take second. I mean, like I'm good. I'm not terrible at these things, but I maybe win 20% of the time. Uh, So, but I like this, like, right? Like, It is about the goal. It is about, hey, I'm going to put out a strategy here that I think is going to be able to capture my most points. And then that moment, like in the game, do you waver on the strategy? You're like, oh, like there's this other way to score points. Like, should I do a hard left and take these other points? Or do I stick with this strategy that I've sort of developed and and I'm trying to win this game? And then the last sort of piece that I would say about the quote that I like, if you make it about the goal and not actually winning... It helps you, and I think it can help kids if you get them to play games more often, that it isn't like super frustrating that you didn't win. Just try to capture as many points as you can, and it actually makes it more fun for everybody, because you're kind of ruining it for, let's say we're playing that hour and a half game, and Stephanie happens to be winning, and then I just sit here for the last 15 minutes making stupid choices. Can Stephanie really be proud about her win? I mean, she probably was going to win anyways, but now I've just sort of deflated it by sitting here and being kind of a stick in the mud. But if the goal is to sort of do the best and then I should be doing all my efforts towards that goal and I still might come up short, but did I play to the goal and the goal was to win? And like I I played that way, still ended up losing. Everybody around the table can have a good time. I absolutely love it. Ditto. Ditto.
1: <laughs> Couldn't be uh, said I just, better. I do, I, I do think you hit on all those big things there that make it Uh, impactful. And to me, it comes down to having that goal as you're playing and looking at that strategy and rethinking it and then looking how others are playing. It does keep you invested. I mean, it's the same reason that games are so good in a classroom, right? Because we're invested um, in that process. And it's it's not so much about the winning. It's just about how do I get here? If I know I want to get here in the end, how do I do that? And then as you observe other people, oh, I hadn't thought about that. Like you said, is it worth me changing my strategy? Should I just try? I just think it leads to conversations when it's done too, whether you've uh-huh. won or not. Then you have those conversations. And when it's a really close game, um, having that goal in mind, I know that's what Dan and I will do. Like, oh, I thought I had the better strategy. I really thought I was going to pull it out. I didn't, you know, I really didn't think that that one, that other one was going to work it lets you have those more involved conversations.
0: I love it. I absolutely love it. Well, everybody, thanks so much for joining in the fun today. Also, huge, huge thanks to Stephanie for joining us today. Uh, Once again, I'm Michael Matera. As always, stay connected, share your ideas, and check out the latest on emc2learning.com and join the fun as an engagement engineer. Enjoy your week and play on.